Welcome everybody to another podcast from Superhouse. This one is actually kind of a different one um, than the other ones. This one's just going to be me and a comedian named Ryan Sickler. He's also been an actor in a few movies. He's most known for Cut Man and Mr. Payback. And um, he was in Live at Gotham, which I don't think is related to Batman. And then he's been on a few Funny or Die uh, sketches. And um, he's a stand-up comedian from Baltimore, and um, he's out here in L.A., and he was nice enough to come on the podcast to help us uh, kind of get more listeners, to be honest with you, and that's what I explained to him. So um, here we go, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy the interview. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Yeah, coming thanks here. for having me. Yeah. If you it's out just, on the veranda. This is beautiful. Yeah. If you could just tell everybody like what you do, what your name is, and all that. Uh, my name is Ryan Sickler. I'm a comedian. I'm a writer. I'm a producer. Uh, I do stand-up. I also have a podcast on the All Things Comedy Network called All Things Comedy. Uh, it's a storytelling uh, podcast, a comedic storytelling podcast. Although some of the stories uh, we get are, as you know, pretty crazy, dark, yeah. and deep. Um, yeah, that's what I do. Cool. And where are you from originally? I'm originally from uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Grew up. I was born in the city. Grew up outside the city. Yeah, a few years later. And what brought you out here? Was it comedy or what? Yeah, comedy brought me out here. What did you like grow up watching? You grew up watching Carlin and Pryor, and then you're like, "Hey, I want to do that." Or like, how did that, how did um, that start? What happened was uh, when I was about nine, uh, we had this thing uh, in Maryland called Super TV, which was like the early stages of cable. Okay. And uh, it was a box that's actually funny because remember there was a time when cable boxes got small uh-huh. and now they're all back to big again. Yeah. This was a big box and uh, you used to press a button on the top of it. And in the evening you would get, back then it was HBO, there was an adult channel, it might even been Playboy, I'm not sure what it was, and a couple other things. Um, and one night uh, my father was sitting in the living room. I was upstairs in bed and I, I got out of bed and I came down the stairs uh, into the, yeah, I say foyer, not foyer, into the foyer. <laughs> and I saw, he, had, he was sitting in a chair with his back to me. And I saw on the TV these kids. And I was like, oh, well, there's kids. I'm a kid. I'm, I'm probably allowed to watch this. And I sat there and I started watching. And what it ended up was, uh, was Richard Pryor and Bustin' Loose. Okay. Which uh, he's an ex-con that has to take these troubled kids to this orphanage. And uh, I started laughing so hard I got caught. <laughs> and my dad's like, get in here. And I was like, oh, shit. And then he said, sit down next to me and watch the rest of this movie. And that was it. Okay. That was it. So Pryor was my, and still is my all-time favorite. I mean, talk about storytelling. That guy is the greatest. Um, and then my dad turned me on to Carlin and Rodney Dangerfield and you know, then I was a lover at that point, too. And uh, actually, again, in seventh grade, he pulled me out of bed around midnight and brought me out to watch sixth grade, I think it was, actually, watch Saturday Night Live and uh, Eddie Murphy doing Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood and Kill My Landlord and all that stuff. And then I just became a huge mega SNL fan. Me, too. Uh, I loved it, all the way back from, the, like, the Billy Crystal and Christopher Guest. I say all the way back. I, I went back and learned my history bill murray and dan Aykroyd, and but then through billy crystal uh, crystal and christopher guest 
all the way through the Anthony Michael Hall and and uh, Robert Downey Jr., Joan Cusack, Sarah Silverman, Damon Wayan days to where we are now. Um, and then, you know, just starting to really just not stand up, but anything funny. So I, I learned and started watching Kinnison and, um, you know, everyone. I went and saw Dice at the Capitol Center, and he sold the place out when he was at the height of his career, who's actually made quite a comeback right now. I've heard of that. Um, I was a big fan of Joan Rivers. I was a big fan of um, – I actually went and saw Carlin – live in Baltimore when I was uh my father had passed away at this point but I was a senior in high school and my friend's dad took me uh him and I to um Pier 6 which is a pavilion out on the water in the harbor and uh we got to see Carlin perform live and that was just fucking awesome and so probably your favorite of all time but who's who's your favorite right now would you say currently right now um man that's tough um I really like, I really like, well, that's tough, man, they're all. Mm. Louis C.K. or? Yeah, I do like Louis, but he's not my favorite. Um, Jeselnik? I really love Anthony Jeselnik, <laughs> different style. You yeah. know, that's that's what I'm trying to figure out. It's hard because yeah. I love Jeselnik's, that Stephen Wright, bang, 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 bang style. I love what Louis does with not only his comedy, but um, how prolific he is. Right. Um, I really like Hannibal Burris. Um, I really like um, God. It's hard to say right now. I love Daniel Tosh. I think Tosh on stage. I mean, his show's still really good, but his stand-up is really fucking funny. Um, and then there's a bunch of other guys that I don't know if you guy you know of, but like Rory Scovel's really funny. Who I podcast with Jay Larson's great. Tom Segura good friend is great um joey diaz another great storyteller uh who uh, i really like all right cool um what's the biggest gig you've done so far um big as audience or big i would say tv gigs have been the biggest so i've done the late late show i did uh live at gotham on comedy central um I've done a, two, a few other TV appearances, but as far as numbers go, I think the biggest, largest, uh, and it was sold out, was in San Diego, and I think it was, I think it was about fifteen hundred or two thousand. Okay. Yeah. And you moved out here from Baltimore to LA to do stand-up comedy. That's your thing, number one, more than acting. Like that's the thing, right? Well, I wouldn't just say stand-up, but comedy, yeah. More than acting, comedy for sure. Funny, um, which is why, you know, as if, if you stay in it long enough, things like podcasting come about. Yeah, uh, yeah. Even though we sort of got in a little late, you know, guys like Hardwick and Corolla and Rogan, right. uh, Marin are, are at such the forefront of it for comedy. Um and who knows in the next five years what the fucking next thing am I allowed to cuss? Yeah, yeah, oh. we're we're totally NC seventeen. Oh, okay, you great. can go whatever you want. Um, <laughs> so who knows what it's going to be next? But that's part of you know when 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 I first started it was just get up and tell jokes. Right. Then I had to learn fucking WordPress and HTML code. And I'm like <laughs> I just want to tell jokes. I, I, like I don't want to do this shit. You could hire some dude. Yeah. Well, I, when when you're getting paid nothing to do stand up, you can't hire a dude. That's the problem. All right. But um, so I started learning how to do that shit. And then 
um, podcasting and shorts and YouTube and all that stuff. You know, it, it, it's it's such an evolving, growing animal that you kind of have to stay with it. And then you also start seeing like these great uh, new voices come through this podcast format. And, you know, my comedy has always been more storytelling than the, the Jeselnik type jokes. Um, so it's taken a little longer to get that voice out and heard. But with podcasting, I mean, we have a really popular podcast and we have a rabid fan base. They're intelligent. They're smart. And I love when comics go out on the road and they, you know, like, damn, 10, 10 fucking Crab Feast fans were at the show tonight. They came up to me and told me they heard me on your podcast and they're not the drunk people interrupting. They're not the attention whores. They're really there because they love comedy and they're, they're really smart and savvy. It seems like the comedy world, I think more than any other uh, entertainment medium or any other medium, really has embraced podcasting. If you look at Doug Loves Movies with Doug Benson and Mark Maron and all these guys, there's, I guess it's just a combination of people that just like to talk and the people that like to listen to these guys talk and tell funny stories or jokes. And it just, I guess it was a happy marriage. But when I first learned about podcasting and podcasts in general, the first thing that came to my mind was like an NPR show. Yeah, or a radio show, like yeah. a morning zoo radio show, which, yeah. which there are quite a, a, a plenty of those out there as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I would agree with that. And and what I think, you know, if – oh, and Bill Burr, by the way, is another, <laughs> oh, yeah, another comedian I love, definitely. by the way, because I was going to bring him up as an example. But, like, you know, you'll see Bill Burr on Letterman – well, not even Letterman anymore. Look, I'm dating myself already. Um, <laughs> but Fallon or, you know, whatever, Colbert, and um, you get four and a half, five minutes of it, and you want more. So you go to his Monday morning podcast, and you can listen to Bill Burr uninterrupted, unedited, um, for however long he goes, an hour and a half. And every time, it's, you know, it's not hearing the same thing over and over again. Right. He, you know, his voice is there, but this right. time he's talking about this, and this time he's talking about that. And I think that people, whether you're commuting, whether you're traveling, whether you're exercising walking the dog, whatever. If you're putting earbuds in and you're taking uh, or you're working around the house, a lot of people that can listen to podcasts at work and stuff, you get your favorite person for, you know, 90 minutes. And you can listen to all of that or you can listen to 20 or 30 minutes of it, but you're not sitting around waiting for that four and a half minute set. Right. And you get to really... You really get to know a, a person better that way. I mean, you certainly get, you certainly know who Bill Burr is or any of these comedians today from that four and a half minute voice, but you don't get to hear them. You get to hear them through FCC rules. You don't get to hear them the way they want you to be heard. Right. Speaking of if, like, the, if they're not clean, if Seinfeld right, and all those right. guys, sure. Sebastian Maniscalco also is another comedian I really love. He's fucking funny as shit. <laughs> all right. Speaking They'll of keep like coming to me. Don't the, worry. The the craft of like stand up. Um, there's the story. Maybe it's legendary. I don't know if it's true or not. But supposedly George Carlin told Louis C.K. George or George Carlin had seen a couple shows that Louis C.K. did, and he was like, "That's a nice bit, but you have to change it every time now," because Louis C.K. apparently he had found like the perfected bit. He had finally like got this exact thing. Like he made everybody laugh every time, everywhere he went. And it was, like, perfectly well-written and all that. And Carlin was like, that's great. But you're going to have to change it up now every time if you want to 
continue forward. Have you heard anything about that? I have not heard that. What I have heard, um, and I try to do this as well now in my own stand-up, is when you first start and you finally find what you think is your strongest material and it's your five-minute closer, Uh, um, to challenge yourself, you open with it. Because then everything after that has got to be as good or better and build, build, build. And that's a really good way to write. And that... I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't remember if that came from Carlin. Uh, I feel like it probably was a Carlin-type thing or, or even a Louis thing. But um, if, you're, if you're getting an applause break uh, or a standing ovation for a, a chunk at the end and you move that up front and you open with that, I mean, it's either all going to be downhill from there right, or yeah, you're yeah. just going to keep swinging for the fences and crush, crush, crush. And I, I think it's a great way to challenge yourself uh, because – you know, you can easily get into a rut and get on autopilot. And, you know, there's some comedians that are out on the road now that they've been doing the same act for, shit, 20 years. And just live off of that. Just live off that. Like Steve Miller Band rolling around doing greatest <laughs> fucking hits all the time yeah, and still yeah, touring, yeah, yeah. you know. You got to update. You got to update. Yeah. Do you? So you, you've been doing that lately? or uh... I've been doing that for a while. Like, I have a story that I really like to tell that I used to end on, and now I open with it. And it makes me push harder to come up with good content and um, good stories and, and funny bits that are, again, as good or better than that um, and just keep people entertained the entire time. It makes you feel you were less comfortable at first, but now you're like more moving more. I think it's always good to be uncomfortable up there sometimes. I mean, you get into a comfort zone, but I, what I mean by comfortable is – just uh, you know, propping your feet up and throwing the switch on autopilot versus really being in the moment and moving with it and and putting it out there. Um, you know, I'm never uncomfortable on stage uh, performing. I'm sometimes uncomfortable with the way a set went, or I'm like, ah, man, I fucked that up, or I could, I should have done better. And I'm, I'm usually honest with myself. I give myself grades. I'll throw out, I'm like, I was a C minus, and I know it. <laughs> I know it. No matter yeah, what anybody yeah, yeah. comes up to you and goes, oh, you were hilarious. I'm like, I always say thanks and I'm polite, but then I'm, I know, I've had better sets, and also amazes me to watch comedians who have these less than mediocre sets, but they keep doing them. They never write it differently and never grow and never, you know, challenge themselves. That's really what, what the big thing is for me is like, let me challenge myself and see if I can make it funny. And, you know, also feel like almost everything out there has been, except for new technology, it's been talked about to bring a different point of view, uh, to it, I think is the challenge for a comedian. And then also the art of acting as if you're saying this for the first time, even though mm. you've been working it out, you know, you might've done four sets that night, you right. know? So I really, I love the art of it and I love messing with the art of it, you know? All right. Um, let's see. From the time when you first started watching comedy and getting into comedy, how do you feel stand-up comedy has changed over the years? In what ways have you seen it change? Has it been a good way or in bad ways? I feel like it's been a negative way. Uh, everyone is so PC right now. Um, <laughs> it's it's too much. Uh, you know, jokes are jokes, you know, and, and that's all they were ever meant to be, whether it's racial or 
sexual or, you know, what a political, whatever it is, uh, it's they're jokes. They're they're meant to poke fun at these societal norms and and, uh, you know, stuff that you think but you don't have the balls to say or you wish someone did for you like that's what we are that's who we are we're the voice of that and I was, it's funny I was just having a conversation with a friend the other night about how great in living color was when it came out and the barriers they broke and they were up against this machine called SNL and they were just thriving and crushing on Sunday nights and Damon did a character called Handyman that would not even be allowed on TV right now. Who was that character again? Handyman. Yeah. When I he was a handicapped guy and he would, he had like, uh, I don't know if he had Downs or, or cerebral palsy or, or a mixture of all these. I don't know really what, I don't know if they ever said what he had, but he talked like he was uh, special needs and mentally challenged and like he would, <laughs> when he'd fly away, he would fly out this window, but he would just fall out the fucking window, and it would make me laugh so hard. And we're just like, that was, you know, that was early '90s, late '80s, right. early '90s. Right. That shit wouldn't even be on TV right yeah, now. Yeah, you yeah. go back and watch some of old Seinfeld reruns, and there's content in the, in Seinfeld right. that that wouldn't even they wouldn't even say they would go, nope, we're not even going near right, that right, right now. Right. So, um, I think you look at it two ways. I think that with the technology that's out there now and and formats like podcasting and webcasting and um you know shorts and youtube videos and all that i think that's been great for comedy to open up so many other voices because there are so many funny people and sometimes i think not everything translates to stage Mm -hmm. so i think that's been great but as far as the fucking pc police go and all the i'm i'm a there's a thousand people here tonight but i'm offended the one guy oh because (laughs) that fucking guy is offended the rest of us can't fucking talk right right right, so i think that's been a huge negative um going on this is the exact kind of stuff that um, Johnson, he's a... Uh, up, Johnson? Yeah, Johnson has uh, wanted to ask this stuff. He's a, a Superhouse member. Um, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know who he is. Um, yeah, he would... Just to... I was going to ask this later, but since we're on the topic, um, he was... Again, this might be the same exact answer, but he wanted to ask, how does stuff like safe spaces, trigger warnings, extreme identity politics, which are popular mainly on college campuses, affect how you write? Uh, they don't affect how I write because I don't do colleges. Okay. Uh, I, well, I, I shouldn't say I don't do them. I haven't done them in a while. Uh, I've done plenty of them. Um, I've never had a problem. I've done plenty of military shows. Actually, military shows are the funny ones because, you know, they're military guys. I right. mean, they... You know, the term you talk, you speak like a sailor doesn't just, it wasn't made up. Um, <laughs> yeah. But when you go there, they don't want you cursing. They don't want you, you're not allowed to say shit about the president because that's their commander in chief. Okay. You can't even poke fun at them. Um, so um, the very thing these guys want to hear, we're told not to do it. Okay. So, you, you know, and those are rules and regulations of the military. Uh, but as far as college, and you'll see all these comedians talking about it right now. The PC police, you know, it's, well, that was sexist. Well, that was racist. Well, that was, you know, anti-feminist or anti-masculine or, you know, you're being homophobic or you're being, you know, everyone's got this title and this umbrella. And, and, you know, I feel like it's a very entitled generation. I feel like it's a very, um, I feel like they police 
words and content way too much instead of just taking shit as a joke. Um, you know, there is an art to ball busting. Uh, but, but part of that art is you got to be able to fucking take it. And the best part of the art for me is if you give it back, I mean, that's really, that's, that's what we want. We want you to engage, um, and listen and, but yeah, college campuses right now, I, you know, I can tell you too, I've been doing stand up for, I don't know, 15 years and it, it's changed considerably because when you get there, they'll tell you, you're not allowed to say this or talk about this or talk about that. But a lot of the kids want to hear that. Right. But all it takes is one or two people to be fucking offended and tell mom and dad, well, mom and dad are paying their tuition and mom and dad are going to call the school and they're going to fucking go off on the school. And then the school's going to have a problem with the content you brought up and what you said. And, hey, those ha- also happen to be boosters and fun, you know, people that support the school. So we can't have that. Money's got to come in. So then it all becomes this very big policing um, that I just don't think is good, not only for comedy, but, you know, for anything. Yeah, I knew this, um, this Italian guy I used to work with, not the Italian guy we currently work with. Mm-hmm. And um, he said that in Europe, people are more openly racist, but they're, but that makes everything a little bit smoother. Like, like there's people are just so on edge in America, he felt like. And I, I, I thought that was so interesting when he said that. You know... And he's right. We are. And I, you know, when you look at, when you look at planet Earth as a whole, the United States, we're basically the teenager of this planet right, right now. Right, and right. we sure as fuck act like a teenager a lot of time. We put our nose in people's business. We throw our opinions onto everybody. We tell people what they can and can't say, and what they should and shouldn't say, and why I don't like it, and why I'm bothered by it. I just feel like, um, you know. We, as a country, we've got a lot more maturing to do, and and uh, we're very uptight. And you know, you take a fucking joke, <laughs> take a fucking joke. Yeah, exactly. It's jokes. You're coming to see a comedian to laugh. You don't go into anything uh, comedy related and think, hmm, let me pick the holes apart. And oh, that was that was uh, racially insensitive, and that was. You know, whatever. Just just chill the fuck out and laugh and have fun. Laughter is still the best medicine. As cliche as it is, it really is. But not if you're going in with your fist balled up and, you know, waiting on, on trigger words or shit that you don't like anybody to say. <laughs> right. I feel the same way. Good. Shifting to something a little bit lighter. <clears throat> How'd you get into podcasting? Um, I got into podcasting. A friend of mine had mentioned doing it, and uh, we started doing it. Um, and then I really enjoyed the format. We were a mixture of a bit of storytelling, and then like um, uh, what do you listener call-ins and things like that. And that got a little too morning radio for me. And what I really wanted to focus on was bringing in our um, comedy friends and celebrities that were good storytellers and had good stories to tell. And um, I really could see at that moment then if we just focused on that, um, we could take this somewhere. And and fortunately, we did. That's awesome. 
I, I've like got really into listening to a lot of Kevin Smith's podcasts. Yeah. He's got the whole Smodcast network. Mm-hmm. Do live shows at the Hollywood Improv where, where you can also see the Crab Feast. Feel free to monthly. throw out all your social whatever. Yeah, uh, thecrabfeast.com. Uh, I'm Ryan Sickler on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, ryansickler.com. Uh, we release a new episode of the Crab Feast every Tuesday. We're on the All Things Comedy Network, which is uh, started by Bill Burr and Al Madrigal, another great comedian, Al Madrigal, yeah, who I love. Um, and if you go over there, it's you know, it's a who's who of of uh, comedians and podcasts. Awesome, yeah. He and and on co- what Kevin Smith's always saying is he's kind of inspirational sometimes, and he'll say like, "Well, you and your friends should do it too." And you don't know what could happen. It's free and it's unregulated, and you can do whatever you want. Just hang out and have fun with your friends, mm-hmm. and record it. And that's kind of what we're doing with Superhouse. Even though we're living all over the world, I mean Johnson, like we said earlier, is living in Latvia right What's up, now. Sub Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have this podcast that we do just me and him, called Johnson and Bush. <laughs> I like that. So that one's it. been pretty good. And yeah, he's going to agree with you a thousand percent on the PC stuff. But um, so um, yeah, we said this might be a little bit of a shorter episode, but uh, just to kind of like start to wind down here, um, just wanted to know like. What are your dreams? What are the goals from now? Like you've you've come to LA, you've done big shows, you know, you've you're on Funny or Die. I've been looking at your IMDb and uh, stuff like that. Like, what's the next step? What's your ultimate dream or goal from now on? I mean, my ultimate goal would be to have my own show. Um, and I used to say on TV, but now you know these digital platforms like CISO and uh, which is NBC's and all the other ones out there, Netflix. Um, they're really, really kicking ass right now. So have my own content, I guess. Um, uh, and to keep the podcast going, I really enjoy getting in there and, and listening. Like, at, you know, at some point we've done, I don't know, over 200 and some episodes and we do a bunch of live ones. Like we're back at the Bridgetown Festival this year. We were at South by Southwest. We were LA Pod Fest this year. We've done that one a few times. Uh, L.A. Riot Festival. We do a lot of the festivals. We just did San Francisco Sketch Fest at the end of the year uh, of 2015. So um, I'm a fan. You know, you run out of your stories. Uh You know, you only have so much life experience. I'm only 43. And, uh, you know, I I really enjoy being a fan of sitting there and listening to people's, people's stories. It blows me away when I'm like, what? When it really captures me and moves me. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to write a book. Uh, I'd love to write my own show. I'd say those are my goals, or get my own show on the air. This would be like a late night type of show, or stand up, a comedy hour type of show, or no, what, what I wouldn't. It? Just comedy. Um, it doesn't have to be proper stand up. I, I I really love storytelling. I love storytelling. I would love to do something in that genre where, um, you know you go out and talk to normal people, the real people of, of our world. Because one thing I've learned through podcasting, storytelling at least, is that some of these comedians you've never heard of, 10 times funnier. Stories are 10 times better than any of these people that litter your television these days. Mm-hmm. And I'm a person that just, if there's a dude over in the corner at a party and he's like, man, I lost my leg. I'm going right over to fucking talk to that guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. I want to talk to that yeah, guy. Yeah, I want to yeah, talk yeah. to that lady. And um, Jay Larson, who I do the crab feast with, he and I both, like I was raised without parents. Um, 
my dad died when I was 16. My mom was gone before that. His dad was split. So also extended family, grandmoms and great aunts and stuff, their sisters really played a big role in my life. So I can sit down and bro out with a frat boy and talk to you about sports and drinking all day long. But I also could slide into a pinochle or bingo game with a bunch of silver-haired ladies and be the <laughs> same person and get the same results. And I, I love those people, and I love just that, I guess, Americana uh, um, and the voice of each person. And I love someone that can really tell a good story. There's a lot of people out there who have great stories, do not know how to tell them well. And there's, yeah, there's a yeah, big yeah. difference. Yeah, there's a skill set there. I yeah, and there's also, uh, you know, when you come on our show, I want to ask you stories. Uh, um, excuse me. I want to ask you questions about your stories. I don't want to ask you questions to get stories out of you. That There's a big difference there, too. And, um, you know, that just put, pumps the brakes when it's you got to sit there and ask people, you ever have a near-death experience? You ever been in a fight? You ever been arrested? You got a crazy childhood growing up? If they're bringing those stories to sit in the pocket and ask them specifics about those, because you you can see a light bulb turn on and people are like, oh, my God, I forgot about this part. You know, then my dad shot at this dude and dot, dot, <laughs> dot, and then we're going down that fucking road. Right, know? right, right. So uh, I, I really enjoy that. All right. Cool. Um, well, thanks for coming on. And, and I just before we close out completely, um, this is not a normal thing, but I was wondering, do you have any questions for me? If not, it's okay. Yeah. Why? Well, I think you kind of answered why podcasting with Kevin Smith. But uh, what are your goals with this format? My goals are right now pretty simple, just to kind of get more listeners. I'm ha Look, it's been the greatest thing. I've tried podcasting a few times before, and people got busy or whatever. It just didn't work out. But right now, like the guys I'm working with, even though we're hardly ever in the same room, they're so into it. Like, like they like to plan it out. They like to have like they're like we're going to this, we're going to do this topic now, this topic now, this topic now. And I'm not the leader, but I'm kind of the organizer. And I'm 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 editing it and putting it on board. And it's helpful to have people that are really into it, as far as. Um, Passion. Just, yeah, passionate about it. They like podcasting. Drive, We're all buds. We've been college friends for fifteen. That I think that's years important now. too. The the um, camaraderie and the and the connection and the um, what's the magic word I'm looking for? Passion. I don't know. No. Keep talking about that. But just but yeah, just to get just to get more listeners and to and to just start to do things that I enjoy. Yeah. More and more. Like it, the more freelance stuff if we could do more stuff with Superhouse, that'd be so great get them out to la or go visit johnson in latvia or sub johnson <laughs> um so yeah that's as far as podcasting that's that's all i can say right now i would say rapport was probably the word i was looking for uh, okay, okay. um i've learned a little bit about you here um how long did you live in japan i lived there for three years that was from 2006 to 2009 and you speak fluent Japanese. I speak near fluent. I'm, I've been studying for 12 years now, since 2004. And it's still not fluent. Is it because it's that hard or you don't do it often enough? Or is it... Learning is language it? is very tough. Um, they say you can never really master it after I, ha I haven't mastered this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, I mean, I, I can really get by really well. But, like, I actually said this on a previous podcast. If they were to start talking politics... 
or if some nerds were about, to, were about to talk about like physics or something, I, I would be lost. And the only reason is it's not magic. I just haven't studied those words yet that much. Like I had a friend that he had passed this test, like the top, top test for learning Japanese. And I was like, hey, how do you learn this? How do you do this? And he was like, I make word lists. And he was, and I was just like, you're right. There's no fucking magic to it. You just got to fucking keep going and going and going. And that's basically it. And so that's basically it with anything with in anything, life. Anything. It really is. So comedy, I, podcasting, language, so relationships. Twelve years of making word lists, and I haven't gotten to the Japanese parliamentary system because <laughs> there's just more to learn. But um, but yeah, I, I can hold my own. All right. And my last question is: What do you want to do? What are your dreams and aspirations? What brought you here? I went to school for film and television, and to be honest with you, I'm in my 30s. I'm still figuring it out. But um, I think one of my biggest goals in life is it doesn't involve jobs. I just want to travel. Really. That's the most honest answer I can give you. I mean, I'll be honest with you, too. I'd love to hang it up and do that as well. I really would. I'd like to have a snowball stand in fucking (laughs) Cuba and just chill on the beach. Sell ices? Yeah. Ices and crab cakes. (laughs) I'd crush. Um, Yeah, like travel, but... um, if I did have to work, it would be in the film industry. I do like post quite a bit. Um, I like, if you check out, uh, this This is a plug, but it's happened naturally, I guess. Um, Thunderwolf Live on, we're not live, but that's, it was supposed to be Thunderwolf Lives. Anyway, it's Thunderwolf, wait, it is Thunderwolf Lives. It's Thunderwolf Lives on YouTube, and I like doing my projects there, my documentaries. I have some about Japan and video games, cosplay, kind of nerd-related stuff mostly. I like that stuff. I really like doing that stuff as well. So that's great. If I can make money out of Superhouse or Thunderwolf, you can. That would. That's kind of where I'm you trying can. to head to. You can make money out of podcasting. Don't let the people tell you you can't. You absolutely can, and you should. Right. So, so that, so that's, so that's, that's, that's basically it. That's great. This is great. <laughs> All right. Out here on the veranda. What's up, Johnson? <laughs> What's up, Johnson? All right. <laughs> <laughs> so. So uh, that's been it, man. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for We're having just me. Starting this whole thing, and this is going to really boost us. So, um, man, it's been so good. So, again, thank you. That's all I got to say. You got it. Thanks for having me. So, that was Ryan Sickler, stand up comedian and actor out here in LA. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to another episode of Super House. We're going to record again this Sunday and release something, uh, release a new episode on Monday. Um, that's the usual schedule. Um, in the next episode, the full crew will, will be back and, um, well, as many people as we can get anyway, I'll be there for sure. And again, you can catch us on Twitter at superhouse pod. You can email us at superhousepodcast at gmail and you can find us in the iTunes store or iTunes podcast section and in SoundCloud by searching for Superhouse. We changed the name from Thundercast Podcast just a straight up super house to make things easier for everybody um and that's it thanks a lot catch you later listening to the Geekscape Network.